Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, we move today to the third of Paul's three lists in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The first one of verses 4 and 5 was nine hardships, trials, and sufferings of the Apostle Paul's life as a minister. The second list in verses 6 and 7 were nine graces needed to overcome suffering and to live a fruitful Christian life. And the third list, the one that we're going to take up today in verses 8 through 10, is nine paradoxes of ministry. A paradox is a seeming contradiction that is actually true. And Paul lists nine paradoxes of ministry to remind us that his ministry and nearly everybody's ministry who is committed to the Lord and serious about ministering for the gospel or for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, ministering as a gospel worker, is going to lead a perplexing life. And so the first list applies to Paul particularly. The second list applies to faithful ministers of the gospel generally. And the third list, the one that we're taking up today, applies to all believers, whether you are in what is sometimes thought of as gospel ministry or not, because we actually all are. It's not that the body of Christ is divided between those who are gospel workers and those who are not. We sometimes designate people as, quote, full-time gospel workers, and that does help us understand a certain category, a certain a certain uh, type of ministry that may not apply, that does not apply to every Christian, but every Christian is involved or ought to be involved in gospel ministry. And so we are going to start looking at that list of nine paradoxes today on this Thursday, February 16. Thankful for your presence and thankful for your financial help that makes it possible for us to minister God's Word on this station. Okay, what do we have? Verses 8, 9, and 10. Paul says, By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers, yet true, as unknown, and yet well-known. As dying, and behold, we lived, as chastened, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. These are paradoxes, seeming contradictions 
that upon closer examination are actually true. And if we were going to divide this list of nine into logical categories, I think we would have the following. In the first are paradoxes relating to reputation, and the second are paradoxes relating to circumstances. First of all, paradoxes of reputation, and we take up the first one, which we might call the foibles of honor. By honor and dishonor. The foibles of honor. By honor and dishonor, or another way of putting it is being praised and being despised, or being exalted and being maligned. In other words, the gospel minister has, and and all Christians, because this applies to all Christians, so God's people need to be prepared for both honor and dishonor, both to be praised by some and despised by others, both to be exalted by some and maligned by others. And why should we think it's any different? That's the way it was with Christ, right? He was honored by some and dishonored by others, praised by some, despised by others, exalted by some, and maligned by others. And what did Jesus tell us in John chapter 15 when he said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. That's what Jesus told us our Christian life is going to be like. It's going to be very much like his. That's what Jesus told his disciples to expect in this life, and that is not to expect a great deal of applause or honor or appreciation from the world, and in some cases, not even always from Christians. So this is a paradox, a paradox of reputation. Honored by some, high reputation. Dishonored by others, low reputation. Honor at times, and then dishonor at other times, sometimes by the same people. The same people who will laud you, and applaud you, and honor you, and exalt you, and encourage you, and build you up today, maybe the same ones who will pull you down tomorrow, who will drag your name in the mud tomorrow. The very same ones sometimes. Because the truth of the matter is that the honor of man is fickle, and we need to remember this, the honor of men is really of no lasting value. The honor of God is priceless 
and is of eternal value. Keep that in mind. The honor of man is fickle. The very same people, at least some of them, who honored and praised Jesus on what we call Palm Sunday were in the crowd that cried for his crucifixion just a few days later. Not all of them are the same. I'm not saying that everybody who honored him on Palm Sunday derided him and called for his death on Friday or whatever day you think it was. But some of them clearly were the same. Fickle. They turned on a dime. They got in with the crowd that was applauding him, and they liked that. They, they liked to go along with the crowd. They liked to do what the people around them were doing. And so they got in on the praise, and then they got in another crowd on the day of his crucifixion, and they, according to their normal pattern of behavior, did the same thing that the crowd around them was doing then, and that was to call for his death. Crucify him. Crucify him. The same people, some of the same people, who were applauding him and honoring him and saying, Hail to the Son of David on Palm Sunday. The honor of man is fickle, and it is of no lasting value. If God gives you favorable reputation with some people, use it for his glory. If he does not, don't let it bother you. That's not easy to do, but you've got to learn to do it. Don't let it get you down. Don't let it throw you. I know some people who are so emotionally dependent upon the applause and approval of others that if they don't get it, they can hardly function. If you're like that, friend, you're in trouble because the Christian life is one of honor and dishonor. And sometimes it's going to be a lot of dishonor before you get to some more honor. You can't ever depend on always having honor. Preachers need to learn that, but every Christian needs to learn that as well. I know some preachers, and I'm one, I'm a preacher, so I know a lot about preachers, and I know a lot of preachers, and I, I uh, fellowship with preachers and talk to preachers, and I, I know some preachers that if they don't get a lot of comments of approval after a sermon, they are just down in the dumps. Nobody said anything about that sermon. Nobody, nobody told me that they liked it. Well, I understand. I'm a preacher, too. And it is encouraging when people say, that really was a blessing to me. That, that really spoke to my heart. That really helped me today, preacher. We, we are thankful for that. That would be the honor. It's probably not real common for a preacher, and I'm thinking in terms mostly of a pastor, to hear words of dishonor from his congregation, at least <laughs> I hope not on a regular basis, though some men do have to put up with that at times, and that may be part of what God has called upon them to do. But the important thing is not if, if your people approved of your sermon, but did God approve of your sermon? Now, the problem is that many times we don't know in the case of God. We hope he approved, but we're going to have to wait to find out. Wait till we get to heaven. So we look for 
feedback from the congregation, and I understand that, and there's a, a certain certain sense in which that can be important and valuable. If you're not ever getting any positive feedback on your sermons, then maybe you need to work a little harder on your sermons. That's certainly a possibility, but you've got to understand that the Christian is called upon to serve God faithfully, whether he's receiving encouragement or not, approval or disapproval. Think of the prophets of God in the Old Testament, many of whom never heard a word of approval from the people that they were ministering to. If they depended upon that to continue their ministry, then they would not have been faithful prophets of God. They weren't looking to men for approval. They were looking to God for approval. I am going to faithfully deliver the message that God gave to me, whether you like it or don't. An awful lot of those messages they knew people weren't going to like because they were messages of God's disapproval, God's warning, God's impending judgment coming upon them. You think people are going to approve of a message like that? Not unless they repent, not unless they fall under Holy Spirit conviction, not unless they want to get right with God, but otherwise, if they're not willing to turn from their sins, they are going to be extremely disapproving of a message like that. And likewise, in all walks of life. And the point is, it's foolish to live for human honor. If it comes unsought, use it for God's glory. That's an inroad that God has given you. But if it doesn't, don't let it throw you. Don't let it trouble you. Don't let it keep you from functioning. You are the Lord's servant, not men's servants, and you need to serve him faithfully regardless of what others think in honor and dishonor. We'll take up another one tomorrow. Until then, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.